The Melbourne AA Steps Weekend, 2009. Here's Greg, sharing on Step 6. Hi, my name's Greg and I am an alcoholic. Um, I'm very gratefully sober today. Uh, I'd like to thank the committee for the opportunity to speak at this, uh, this Steps Weekend. I've, uh, this is the fifth annual uh, Melbourne AA Steps Weekend and I've been involved, because I'm speaking here today, I've been involved in every one. Um, and that's fantastic. This, is, um, this was really, really important to me when I, got first, when I first got sober. I was about, I don't know, nine months sober and I came and put out the chairs for the first event. And, um, and I've, I've tried to be, um, I've tried to help out on all of the weekends so far. Um, so it's nice to be asked to actually come and share. Uh, step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Um, I got a telephone call. Greg, would you like to speak on step six? Yeah, fantastic. There's nothing to say. That's great. Okay, so thanks. Um, one paragraph, that's all it gives you in the big book. Um, and there's a lot of paradoxes in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, surrender to win is uh, perhaps one of the, the most well-known paradoxes. I have to, I have to completely give up uh, in order to see that, that I'm stuffed and that alcohol is my master. I get to step six and there's one paragraph in the, in the big book. The paradox is that you've got to do it for the rest of your life. And it's one of the hardest things you're going to have to come across. That's my experience. On a daily basis, I have to look at those character defects that I find in step five and four, and they're the things that come up in my life on a daily basis. They're the things I have to work on every single day when I, when I get shown them um, by my actions, um, by the situations that I walk into um, and come across in my daily life. Um, when I did step four and five, I was given in uh, the third column a whole bunch of instincts that I thought were a, a little bit out of, like the people had hurt, how, how people had affected me. That affected my pocketbook, that affected my ambitions, that affected um, my, my self-esteem. That's the sort of stuff, they're my instincts that are, that are completely natural for most people. Um, it's good to have self-esteem. It's good to worry about the fact that um, that, that we need to be able to pay the bills, that we need, you know, we need to have a job to actually, in this society today, we actually need a job to actually to function, to pay bills. We need to have an income. But what happens for me as an alcoholic is that I worry about that extensively or excessively, and my instincts can become just that little bit off. Um, I tend to take it to the to the to the absolute extreme degree. When I notice those things today, that that's when I have to pull up. So, for me, I'm, I work through step my third column, I work through my fourth column, and I see where I've been selfish. Um, I'm going to get these wrong now. Fear, fearful, dishonest, uh, inconsiderate, and self-seeking. Thank you very much. Um, and they're my character defects that I take, take to step six. They're the things that I need to be willing to get rid of. And I have to be entirely willing to get rid of all of them. You know, there's a couple of words there, entirely. I have to be completely willing to get rid of them. 
do I still want to be that just that little bit angry? Do I still want to be um, a little bit selfish about some stuff? Do I still want to be um, hmm, greedy with stuff? Um, I look at those. Uh, some people do a, a fifth column uh, in their step four. Uh, I know that Joe and Charlie talk about a fifth column, where they talk about where they talk about how those character defects manifest themselves in their daily life. So you take those things. If you've done that, done that sort of work, you can take those things to step six, and you can take them and you can look at them and you say, okay, I want rid of this stuff. Now, personally, I, um, when I read all of my character defects in in my fourth column. I was done. I wanted rid of them. I didn't want to be that person anymore. Completely. That's all I wanted. I, that person was the person that, that drank and became, and on a daily basis, that, that sat in a, a flat in South Melbourne and uh, got to the bottle shop at 9 o'clock every morning and had a panic attack until they could crack the first beer on the way home, sat in a park outside of the kindergarten, drinking the first beer, thinking, nobody's watching me. Nobody can see this. This is okay. I don't want to be that person anymore. I need to do a 180-degree turn to get rid of that person. I have to do the complete opposite of all of that stuff. Now, I mean, when I, did, when I saw that stuff in my fourth column, I was ready. I, want, I didn't want to be that person anymore. Um, when I first got... Oh, just a little story. When I first got sober... Um, I was leaving the gallery meeting and uh, I was walking along Flinders Street just up uh, the other side of Swanston and this lady, it was a warmish day and, a, uh, and an elderly lady collapsed at the tram stop and uh, I was sober. So I had my sober badge on <laughs> and uh, I'm a new person written across my forehead and I walked over and I um, was of assistance to this lady and she needed help when we got her some water and stuff like that and and some people came along from Yarra Trams and they bundled her up and they, they took her off. And I spent the next two hours wondering how she was going to get my name and address so that she'd ring me up and thank me. <laughs> One of my character defects is self-obsession. Um, I don't really want to be that person anymore. I want to be able to help people without actually having to think about what the consequences are for me. You know? uh, what's in it for me? One of my bigger, my, one of my bigger character defects. Um, one of my bigger character defects today that I'm trying to work on is uh, mind reading. I'm really good at it. I know what you're about to say. In fact, I can even finish your sentences for you if you want. And you don't even have to ask. I just do it for you. Um, I'm working on it. It's okay. Um, I like to be in control of stuff. Um, it really upsets me. I'm being kind. It really upsets me that I don't know the answers, um, that I don't know what's going on and I can't control stuff. Um, I did a, uh, a fear inventory not long ago, wrote down about 20 fears and whittled them away and consolidated them and consolidated them. And then my sponsor said to me, so what's all this about? And, I, and we came up with one fear. The one fear that I got. Greg doesn't know everything. Really upset me. Not happy. But that's just the way it is. Um, I don't want to be that person. 
So I have to stop being fearful. I have to stop and look at the evidence that's put in front of me of stuff and actually just look at the evidence, not what my head tells me now. I want to be rid of that stuff. It, um, hmm. I guess it's, it's about wanting to be the new person for me. It's about emotional sobriety because um, when people at work tell me that um, they don't think I'm doing the right thing, then I get all cut up. And that's, they're just telling me that I'm not doing the right thing. That's their stuff. I need to know that I'm okay with what I'm, whatever, I, whatever it is that I'm doing. I need to know in my heart that that's okay. Um, and if it's okay and I feel okay with doing it, then it's the right thing to, for me to do. I find that um, stuff that I do that causes me angst is not the stuff that I should be doing. And that's, that's God showing me that I should be doing things a different way. So I try and do things and am willing to do anything that is actually completely different to what my natural instincts tell me to do. Um, they're talking the 12 and 12 about um, step six being about humility, being humble, to ask God to stick your hand up and say, I need help, I can't do this anymore. It's really tough to talk about humility, I find, um, because it's about, I don't know, how do you humbly talk about stuff? I don't know, it's, it's a bit of a paradox as well, I guess. Um, but it's about, yeah, for me, it's the instincts that these people, people tell you, uh, well, people upset me, basically, on a day-to-day basis. And I have to look at that and um, look at what they're actually saying to me because I'm a sensitive sort of person and um, I have to look at what I'm doing. It's generally um, in step 10 when it talks about doing your daily inventory. Uh, it talks about the spiritual axiom that um, if, if, if I'm feeling uncomfortable, there's something wrong with, if, in a situation, something wrong with me. Um, there's something inside me that's not quite right. And it's the sort of stuff that I need to be able to find so that I know what I'm dealing with and know what I need to get rid of. Um, and I... And, that is, um, it's vital to me today that I continue to do things that I don't want to do, to participate in stuff that I don't want to participate in, to, to talk to people I don't want to talk to, because that's the growth area for me. It's the stuff I don't want to do. I don't want to pick up the phone and talk to people because they don't want to talk to me. There's no way that they want to talk to me. The fact that they gave me their phone number and said, call me, that means nothing. Because my head tells me that I'm not worthwhile. So what I do is I pick up the phone and I talk to somebody. And sometimes that conversation is, hi, how you going? I'm having a good day. How's your day? Thanks, bye. That's it. I heard a guy share one night that he... um, that he was um, he, first people that he rang, he got the he got their voicemail, and he was really grateful for that because he left a message, 
Thanks. Just practicing. Click. I like voicemail. It's really good. Uh, I like SMS as well for the same reason. Um, if they don't pick up the phone, I can SMS and I've still done the, same, I've still done the work. It's in my head anyway. Um, are you serious about that? <laughs> okay. I don't know whether I got that. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, Bill Wilson says in his uh, in his story that um, when Ebby came to see him in the hospital and they went through the process, that um, he, he asked God to take away from him that stuff uh, that was stood in stood in his way, root and branch. And uh, it's the only time it's used in the big book that I've found that term, root and branch, take it away, root and branch. Now, I don't know whether you, um, what your concept of that is, but mine is that um, if I'm going to dig out something that's really obnoxious, then I have to dig deep, then I have to get everything, the entire root system out. Um, I spent 41 years creating a person who was selfish, self-centred, fearful, inconsiderate, dishonest, and... Um, and I want rid of that root and branch, and I've got to dig really deep to, uh, it's just like magic. The, the CD player here has just come out. Um, I want to get rid of that root and branch. Um, and it's, uh, there are a number of references in the big book to step six and step seven, um, about it taking a lifetime, about it being a lifetime work. I have to do it on a daily basis through my step ten. Um, I have to look at what my day is and what happened throughout my day um, and look at what I can do better and how I can change what I did to make it a better outcome for me. And I have to be willing to do that sort of stuff. It's hard, it's hard work. It's annoying um, when you get home late or when you're tired um, to actually sit down and look at what you, the way you went about your work for the day, whatever that, that may be. Um, the way you interact, well, the way I interact with people, um, and I have to look at all of that stuff. Um, I have to do that for forever. That's the price I got to pay um, to live a nice, calm, emotionally stable life. To be able to to recognise that stuff, to be able to sit and um, and see that stuff, and and talk to people about it. Um, to get other people's perspective on stuff because uh, my brain is uh, not that flash. I think I find that my thinking is just a little bit screwed. Um, today in Alcoholics Anonymous, I've got enough friends um, and a sponsor and that I can talk to um, on a daily basis. In my home group, we meet for dinner beforehand and we don't talk about... AA as such, we talk about what our day's about and we do all that stuff outside of the meeting and um, and we jibe each other about what we did through the day and we have fun with, with each other's reactions to situations. Um, it's a friendly sort of jibing and um, it makes us see the funny side of what we do. 
because we come to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings to um, to share a message of hope, I believe, um, and not to talk about all the bad stuff that goes on. I do that so outside of the meeting. Just my personal opinion. Um, and it's really important for me to have those people so that I can actually bounce that stuff off of. Because um, otherwise I could stay the same person. Um, and that person was a pretty sad, sorry sort of person sitting in a park thinking that was okay and life was going along okay. But today I can know that um, by doing the stuff that I can do, by putting in the work on a daily basis, that um, life's great. Life's great if I stay out of the, stay out of the way of it. Um, if I can sit and humbly ask my God to help me see what's going on for me and ask for that to be removed because I don't want to be that person, um, then my life goes okay. And the people around me seem to react differently too. That's the beauty. That's the payoff. Um, I heard it said that um, to make sure that I get my 50% of whatever, I have to make sure that everybody else gets their 51% first. And if, uh, if I make sure that you guys get what you need, then funnily enough, I get what I want too. About being unselfish, about being, um, about being humble about what we do here in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, going about quietly doing what you need to do to stay sober. And it's tough. It's a lot of work. But it's fun and it's rewarding. And um, I've got to say, uh, I, I've had a not so, I don't know, not, a not fairly unremarkable life, I guess, but I, um, quite regular in what I've done. But coming here to Alcoholics Anonymous and doing this stuff, doing these 12 steps, sitting in steps meetings, sitting in book studies, talking to other alcoholics, working with other alcoholics. It's got to be the best thing I've ever done. And um, I want to do it for the rest of my life because it's too much fun not to do it. Yeah. This, is, um, this is the best decision I've ever made is to come here, to stay here, to stick to it because I've, I've never stuck to anything in my life. Mr. 80, Mr. 80%. Uh, or I missed 110% until I've done 80 or 90% of it and then I can see the finish line and then I go, nah, what the hell? I don't need to do that last bit. Yeah. But I've actually stuck to this. Um, and that's an amazing thing for me, just to stick to anything. Um, and life is life's fantastic as long as I stop, think about it, for longer than about three seconds, because otherwise I just get, you know, the first three seconds I go, oh, woe is me. But after that, um, I get incredibly grateful for the gifts that I've been given in Alcoholics Anonymous. So thanks for being here today. Um, thanks for asking me to share. Um, enjoy the weekend. This is a fabulous thing. Thanks.
This share and other shares like it are available from our website, stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting us share.